Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Man, we're back. If you love Jesus, say I do. Come on now. Even when it's 35, when it was like 90 yesterday. Come on now. Let us pray. Father, we are so, so thankful for you. Even in the midst of chaos, we can find calmness in you. Whether there's struggles in our life, whether there's pain, whether there's brokenness, we can always come back to you and find strength and find courage. Lord, be with us tonight. Let's just walk in your word. Let's just walk in your presence. Let the spirit just come over us tonight. Let those of us who don't know you, let us open our hearts up for you. Let those of us who do know you, let us be strengthened and encouraged by you. For it's in your name. Amen. Let's do something a little different. If you would, um, we're going to be learning a little bit about Hebrews 11.6. And what I would like to do with hundreds of students is, if y'all would, repeat after me. We're actually going to read over this verse together if you want to put it up there. But if you would, repeat after me. And without faith. And without faith. It is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and rewards those who seek him. Listen, students, if you do not have this verse memorized, I beg you, you should write it down on your bathroom mirror. You should write it down on a note card. Put it in your, your car. You should write it on the back of your hand. This is a verse that changed the trajectory of my life. This verse took Brent Russell, who was saved at eight years old, who probably had the same spiritual depth at 18 years old. Anybody with me? Come on now. Am I preaching to somebody out there? took me from that spiritual depth to a depth where I needed to be in college. It took me a little while to, to wise up. Anybody have some wise up years over the last couple of years? Come on now, right? Everybody should say yes, <laughs> okay? I call it college, okay? I call college the shake and bake years because you know what it does? Is it takes you away from what you've always known. It takes you away from your mama's faith, your daddy's faith, your grandparents' faith, and it puts you in college where you have to determine where you, what your faith is because you're on your own rules. You have your own accountability. You have your own determination and your own discipline. See, that first year of college exposes where you're really at with your walk with Christ. Can I get an amen on that one? You know, the first year of college showed me, it showed me just how weak my faith really was. It really showed me that I didn't go to church as much as I, 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 th I thought I should have. It, 
It didn't, I didn't read my Bible like I should have because I literally had no accountability around me. I don't know if any of y'all had experience like that, but I was, it was really eye-opening for me. I mean, I thought I was close to Jesus before I got to college. Right? I was a pastor's kid. All y'all are like, uh-oh, like this, this kid's trouble, right? I was a pastor's kid, for goodness sakes, and I thought I was close to Jesus, but then college woke me, right? What I learned about in college when I first got there the first semester or two was I realized, like, I cared about relationships. I cared about friendships, right? Like, I wanted to make as many friends as I could, and we used to hang out until ungodly hours, right, doing only God knows what, like, because I could. I didn't have to have, I didn't have a curfew anymore. I was like, let's go crazy, right? Like, like that's how I was in college. And then I realized, like, I cared about my friendships, but then I cared about girls, right? Like, I realized, like, I was like, I was a vulture. I was, I was like, girl, 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 girl. Oh, she looked at me, hey, you want to go get coffee, right? You want to pray a little bit, right? Like, I was super holy with dating, right? What it really showed me is how little, how much I cared about friendships and relationships and how little I cared about my relationship with Jesus. Now listen, I don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus or not. I don't know what proximity you are to Jesus right now, but I do know this. There's gonna come a time in your life where this question is gonna arise, am I living this life right? See, this question came to me in a time where I was broken, I was, I was lost, I didn't know exactly what my relationship with Jesus was going to look like, and I was stuck in this, not in the pain mode, and I wasn't stuck in depression, I was stuck right in the middle, I was numb in life. I was just surviving, I wasn't thriving. Anybody been there? Like you're just doing day in, day out, you're living test to test, week by week, friend group from friend group, and you're just kind of walking in this life with, with no passion, and you're just kind of numbed to everything. If you're in that walk right now, students, which I know that many of you are, I, I truly believe that this sermon will help you. <clears throat> But some of us in here, we're not numb. Some of us in here, we're not broken. Some of us in here, we might not be struggling, right? Maybe y'all are happy, go lucky, everything is good. Maybe some of you are like that girl I was talking about a couple months ago who has her coffee and her Bible and she makes sure that her picture is taken perfectly and she like puts it on Instagram. Like the only two things I need is coffee and Jesus, right? Like super holy, right? maybe, right? Or you could be the guy that was raised in church and you know the Bible, you know the Bible stories, you know the things to say, you know how to act, you know if someone has a question, you know what, what way to help them and what scripture has saying about that problem. But girls and guys, let me ask a question, is are you living a life that is worth living. I think a lot of us are going to find out that we might not be just as good as we think we are. Just because things aren't going wrong in your life doesn't mean that you are living a life that is worth living. 
See, listen, discipline doesn't equal a life well lived. Knowledge doesn't equal a life worth lived. Scriptures and coffee doesn't determine a life well lived. God doesn't look at our discipline as the final judgment. He looks at one thing and one thing alone with determining if we have lived a life that is worth living. He looks at our faith. He looks at how much do we have faith in his lordship and his power over our life? How much faith do we have in his word to to supply us and to sustain us through this world? Students, my question to you is simply this, is do we live a life by faith? Our steps tonight is steps in faith. How to live a life of faith. How do we take those steps? I believe Hebrews eleven six, without a shadow of a doubt, gives us a guide of what of something of a scripture that not only rocked my face off when I really needed it in your in your age group, but it also rocks my face off now every time I think back and I make sure that I'm still walking a life full of faith. So if we can just break this down just for a second tonight. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So students, faith is pleasing. Faith has pleasing steps. How powerful would it be to know that you are pleasing God? I know that many of us think that we know how to not please God. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Many of us have walked in a way that we're like, well, God's probably not too happy with that. I think that there are two aspects of faith that are pleasing to God uh, when it comes to this passage. You know, Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. If I can can tell you what that means to me is that that means that we have to have confidence in the truth that God has laid out for us. First, we have to have confidence in our eternal You want to please God, then you have to trust that he has your eternity in his hand, right? Some of us in here, we don't want to ponder on eternity, right? You're laying in bed, you're trying to go to sleep, and you don't want to think about what's next. You don't want to think about death. You don't want to think about things later on in life. You want to think about here and now because you you don't know what is going to happen with your eternity. Some of us in here, we have never learned about what could happen or how to change our eternity. You want to know how to change your eternity, students? Put put your faith in the fact that God sent his only son to die for your sins and to conquer those sins on the third day when he rose up. And I promise you, if you put your faith and you put your trust in Jesus, then your eternity will be changed. Can I get an amen on that? Are we excited for the fact that our eternity can be changed because of what Jesus did for us on that cross? All who call upon the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. Do we believe that? You want to change your eternity, put it in the hands of God. 
But Brent, like, I've just done too much. How many times do I talk to students day in, day out? Brent, I've just done too much. I've, I've sinned like this, and I act like this, and I've done this, and then this. And man, I just, I'm, I'm over here. Like, I'm, like, my life is just a mess. Jesus wants you in your mess. Jesus wants you the way that you are right now, and he's holding his hand out, and he's saying, man, I want you to be a part of this life forever, please, and I want to be able to give you this gift that I'm offering to everybody. Listen, students, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now, you need to make a relationship with Jesus. I would love, I beg you, I would love to talk with you through that and be able to help you get to that. And I'm going to be right down front here tonight after this service. I would love to talk to you about starting a relationship with Jesus. Eternal faith pleases God because you trust God to have your eternity. Now, I think many of us in here, we're like, listen, I, I believe it. Your eternal security, you're, in, you're into it. Because we have faith in God in our eternity. And I, that's kind of where I was when I first studied this verse. I was like, I understand this. I have faith in God in my eternity. But God kept on knocking on my heart. Brent, there's something else in this text. I want, I want you to know there's something about faith that you're missing out on. And what I realized is that I wasn't lacking in my, in my eternal faith, but I was lacking in my temporal faith. The second aspect of faith is having faith in Jesus in our temporary. Do we have faith that Jesus can take care of us day by day with everything that we do? Students, do we really live in Scripture? Do we really believe when it says that without faith it is impossible to please God? Like, do we put our faith in God over every aspect of our life because we know that it pleases God. And when we don't put our faith in every aspect of our life, we know that it displeases God. See, Hebrews 11 is called the great hall of faith and it brings to light some people's lives who put their faith in God and God was able to do miraculous things. People like Abraham who was called to live in a different country and start his own different life because he knew that he had a call of God on his life and he was willing to do anything possible to be in the middle of God's will. Some of y'all won't even leave the state because you love your mama too much, amen? What about Sarah who prays for the miracle? She prays to give birth to a son. God grants it, but it was 60 years after proper age of birthing, right? She was 90 years old when she gave birth to a baby boy. Imagine your great-grandma having a baby right now, right? Moses, who was called to go, and in every insecurity of his being, to be the voice of God to Egypt and help lead God's people out of Egypt. God used a normal man to do extraordinary things because of his faith in God. You know what all these people had in common? It was their faith. Their faith took them to a place where they had to rely on Jesus. Students, do we put ourselves in positions to have to rely on Jesus. 
God, God brought something back to my memory uh, when I was writing this. I, I remember I had a preaching professor back in college, and I don't remember what he looked like. I don't remember uh, what, I, I really don't remember his name. I don't remember much about him. I remember two things. He would have us all go preach, you know, every, you know, every week we'd preach a sermon, and then he would critique us. One of the things that he hated is he hated when, when we would put our hands in our pockets. And so you'd be right in the middle of, like, a powerful point, and he'd be like, pocket, pocket, right? And, like, I remember I'd just, like, stuff my pockets full of stuff just so I could not put, I'd, like, try to put my hand in there. My pockets would be bulging out to here with tissue paper. Like, I'm like, he's not going to say pocket today, Amen. But the second thing that I remember is I remember he sat us down the last night of, of school and he just was telling us stories about, about you know, some of the funny stories about church planting and, and growing and some of the things. But then he got serious and goes, guys, before you leave, I want to share with you something. I don't remember the guy's face, but I remember the guy's eyes and I remember his smile. He just lit up. His eyes got, became passionate. He said, listen, I never had much, and I went from small church to small church, but I'm telling you, I had my highs, and I had my lows, and listen, struggle after struggle, I just kept on relying on Jesus. I kept on having faith in Jesus, and listen, he blessed me beyond belief. I couldn't imagine there would be a wall in front of me, and God would miraculously divert my attention to something else and get me out of it. Man, there'd be times where we couldn't pay bills that night, and then God would bring something miraculous and say, you know what, lean on me and trust on me, and have faith in me and I will make your burdens light and he said I just trusted his word and I'm 70 something years old right now and I'm sitting here crying down my face because of how faithful God has been to me and I look at that and I was like I want that I'm sitting there at 22 years old and I'm just like I, I want to have a life like that I want to be able to be 70-something and say, you know what? My life wasn't perfect, and I had my ups and downs, and I had my struggles, but you know what? God has always been faithful to me. Students, where in your life right now are you not having Jesus be Jesus in your life? Some of you, it's going to be school. How many of y'all freak out over school? Study hard, pray hard, and just trust hard. Amen? Come on now. Finances. Grades. Future. Do we trust the Scripture? What does Matthew 6, 25 says? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and body not more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, you ready for this, students, can add a single hour to his span of life? Students, what are you not living in faith with in your day-to-day? -day? Maybe it's something in your past that you just can't get over and you, 
and, and you just need to put Jesus in, the, in your past and say, Jesus, you know what I need for forgiveness of it? Jesus, I need us to just get over it, and I need to move on. Maybe it's something right now. You're going through something right now, and it is bringing you down, and it is making you broken, and you need to put Jesus there and have faith in Jesus that maybe you're freaking out about your future. How many college students freak out about their future right now? Come on now, raise it up. We have to have faith. Second question to many of you in this room is how are you living from your faith? Like, do you ever step out into the non-comfort zone to where if Jesus didn't show up, you would be in trouble? You might know the words to say, you might have the coffee cups, you might have the right Instagram, right? But when was the last time that you stepped out of your comfort zone to have to rely on Jesus? I think there's three ways that I think that you can evaluate how faithful you are living right now. How much do you talk to Jesus and how much do you talk about Jesus is number one. Because if you're talking with Jesus, I'm telling you, he stirs something in you to talk about Jesus. If you ain't talking about Jesus, I can guarantee you're not stepping on in faith much. That's a big comment right there. We have to be talking about Jesus because you know what? The world ain't ashamed to talk about everything else. We shouldn't be ashamed about talking about Jesus. Why does the world not know about Jesus? Because followers of Jesus are shying back from their faith and we're not pushing forward in our faith. Why is this world not transforming about Jesus? Because we haven't told anybody about him. Number two, how's your integrity? How are you when no one else is looking? What do you do? What do you think about? How do you spend your time? Because you know what? We can spend a lot of time on, on this bad boy, right? How much time do we spend watching Netflix? Come on now. TikTok. TikTok takes a lot of TikToks, doesn't it? Right? That's a dad joke. <laughs> you, want me, you, want me, you want me to really evaluate how spiritual and how faithful you're living? Let me go ask your five closest friends. Number three is friends. I can tell how faithful you are by what type of friends you're hanging out with. You know, Craig Rochelle says that you are the average of your five closest friends. If your five closest friends aren't pursuing Jesus, aren't walking with Jesus, aren't talking with Jesus, aren't praying to Jesus, ain't going to church for Jesus, ain't putting their faith in Jesus, I can guarantee that your faith ain't, ain't very strong. Because you know what? We have to be around other believers because iron sharpens iron. We have to be molded. We have to have accountability. You have to have friends saying, hey, you know what? What can I pray for you today? Hey, what are you walking with? What is God teaching you today? Man, I want, you know, let's go do this. Hey, there's, some, there's, there's a little group come over here for, for uh, prayer and reading the Bible. You want to be a part of it? Come on. Hey, I know you're struggling with something. Let's go grab some ice cream and get your mind off of it. Man, evaluate your friends. You know what? My kids break just about everything. They break everything, or they have a puzzle piece that they can't quite get in, or they go and big brother pushes little brother and like smashes his face on the cement, right? That's, that's always fun. You know what happens in all three of those scenarios? 
They all come running to me and they say, Daddy, can you fix it? If my kids never gave me what was broken, I never could fix it, right? Students, I think a lot of us in this room, oh, I can feel it. I know a lot of us in this room right now, we have issues that no one can understand. No counselor can even touch right now. There's something going on right now in your life that needs to be fixed. And I'm telling you, the only way that it can be fixed is when you take it to your Father. Jesus, could you please fix this? Jesus, could you please take this away from me? Nothing pleases Jesus more than when his children come to him to let him be Jesus to them. Students, take your problems to Jesus. What does Scripture says? Cast all of your anxieties, not just some of them. Cast all of your anxieties upon me and I will make your burdens light. Some of us right now look like Brent Russell in the airport. My wife and all the kids walk in just like a movie, like Got the glasses on, looking all fly, ready to go to the beach, right? They're strolling in, getting their tickets. And then you got the pack mule in the back, dad, right? I'm carrying 20 things. I ain't joking about 20 things. That's not a pastor exaggeration. Your boy's got 20 bags on him, pushing, like, try, like I'm just like, I'm, I'm doing a weird walk. Like, I mean, I'm just trying to, I got full sweat when I get on the plane. It is ugly, Right? It is absolutely atrocious. I literally feel like I'm about to die in the airport. I'm not joking. Students, how many of you feel like you're drowning right now? How many of you feel like you got baggage upon baggage upon baggage? And I'm telling you, it is time to get rid of the bags in your life. God, I give you my past. God, I give you my present. God, I give you my future. God, I give this pain away for you. God, fix this. God, I'm broken here. God, I need you to get rid of this. I need you to get rid of that. Lord, I need you to be Lord in my life. And you take that step of faith and let God be God in your life. And I'm telling you, it will be worth it. When you do that, a child pleases his father. Faith, number two, is pursuing. For those who draw near to God, as it says, must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. What are the prerequisites to being able to draw near to God? You must believe that he exists and he rewards. My question to us students is, do we know that God exists? Do we know that he sent his son to die for us to to rise again on the third day? Do we know that he holds not only our eternal, but he also holds our temporary in in his hands? My question to you is, is how does our life prove that? For time's sake, can I just kind of cut to the point? Are y'all okay with that? I haven't preached in a couple weeks, right? Can we get... Just a little deep with it. First John 2.15, what does it say? Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, you ready for this, students? The love of the Father is not in them. 
For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desire, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Students, I only have one more week with some of you. I know some of you are going to be out in this real world. So if I can just make this point very direct... I'm going to say a statement that I think is going to be difficult for some of you to to swallow, and it is this. If you act like the world, if you talk like the world, if you think like the world, if you do Friday nights like the world, if you treat women like the world, if you treat men like the world, if you love the way the world makes you feel, then students, it would be really hard to convince someone that you believe that God exists in your life. You either don't believe God exists in your life or the God that you think of is so small that it's not biblical. Students, you want me to tell you what is the downfall of American Christianity? You ready for this? We like to take the Word of God and we like to make it like a buffet line. Am I right? And we like to pick and choose what we want to take and we disregard the things that we don't want to take. We need to quit thinking that John 3.16 is something that's going to get us out of hell. we got to quit thinking that John 3.16 is the only verse that we need to memorize, and we can walk with that into the day of judgment and say, God, you know what, but I believe John 3.16, but my life looked nothing like it. Let us meditate on the fact of what this scripture just said. It said that if anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in them. That rocks my face off. Like, students, are, we are in a world right now, I can promise you this, that here in about next four years, five years, you won't be able to r- rally on the fence anymore. You won't be able to say, You won't be able to say, well, I'm a Christian and not act like a Christian anymore. I'm telling you, we're going to be in a world in the next four years that I believe that you're going to be able to have to determine whether I'm walking with Jesus or I'm not walking with Jesus. Do you believe in God or do you not believe in God? Because I'm telling you, there might be a consequence to walking with Jesus. But there's hope. There's hope in this. How can you prove that God exists in your life? How can I be able to evaluate the steps in my life where I know that I am walking in faith? And I can simply just say it this way. Do you make this your authority in your life? Do you make the Bible ultimate authority in your life? And no one else can say what's 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 on in your life no one else can say so what's going on in your life because if it doesn't line up with scripture it doesn't belong in your life if it goes against the bible then it teaches you to flee from it because if you believe god exists then you believe that his word exists and you believe that his power his word has power and it has authority in your life Do our actions prove that we believe God exists or does it prove that we love the world? 
Sunday through Saturday, does your actions, your words, and your attitudes show more about the world or does it show the word of God? Only you can be the judge of that. See, but pursuing doesn't stop there. We have to believe that he exists, but it says this, is that he rewards us when we do pursue. Our God is a rewarder. But there is a prerequisite to having this reward. It says that we must seek him. I love, I think it's the NIV that says he rewards those who diligently seek him. In college, my friends and I, we love to have guilt-free fun. Like, we just love to have guilt-free fun. We created this kind of uh, friend group that we would, we would just create crazy games and have great time. We would we started off with like five of us having a bonfire out by a lake, and then like the next year we had like 250 students show up. Like we would have these friend like friend parties. We'd have like 200 people come over to the house, and we'd just have a big dance party, just like talking, having fun. The cops would show up and be like, "We got a noise complaint, right?" And we're like, "Well, come on in, have some fun." And they're walking around like searching. They're like, "There's y'all are just dancing." That's all you're doing. I'm like, yeah, that's what I told you. And we're talking about Jesus out back. You want to have some fun? Like, and these cops are like, this is awesome. And they're like, you know what? Just crank the music up louder, right? We would then have like sleeping bags out on the trampoline. We'd have 30 people on this trampoline. That thing was like sunk down. And we're shivering like in like 20 degrees and we're looking at a thousand stars in the sky and we're talking about Jesus and just the things of this world and we're becoming creative ways. We threw the sheet out in the backyard and projected movies on it. Like we just tried to have as much fun as possible. One of the fun, fun games we always tried to play was um, hide and seek in the dark, right? And we'd either do that on a cloudy night in the wood park by our campus or we would do it in the house. That just made it even more fun. So one person would obviously count to like 100, and then the 15 or 20 of us would go and hide throughout the house pitch black. You can't, see your, you can't see your hands in front of your face. So imagine being the one that was it, and you're trying to find people in the dark in a four-guy house, college guys. So you're like reaching under beds, and you're feeling like a sandwich from like a year ago, right? And like, like just nastiness. Like you don't, you don't know what you're touching, right? And it's just, it's goopy. That's all you know, right? You know what I noticed about that game? Is everyone wanted to hide, but no one wanted to seek. Everyone wanted to go hide, but no one wanted to, steek, to seek. Students, you want to know what, I th- what Christian element I think is missing in a lot of us? As many of us like to hide, but not many of us like to seek. And what I've noticed is that we like to hide things. And if I can just be direct, because i got one more week with you, there's some porn addiction going on in this room. And let's just get real, that's a, that's a secret sin that you're dealing with, and a lot of us are, are, are watching it day in, day out, we keep on doing it, we keep on doing it, and let me guess, 
you're never fully satisfied when you keep on looking at it. You keep on searching and searching, trying to find something that's going to satisfy that desire, never to really actually satisfy the desire. Some of us right now, if we can be honest, we have some sexual sin in our life. I'm going at it today. Let's go. Let's preach a little bit. There's some sexual sin that's going on. It could be between you and your girlfriend, you and your boyfriend, you and somebody else. And every time that happens the next morning, you never feel proud about yourself. You always walk in just a little bit more shame the next day and that next morning. Some of us right now are Thursdays and Friday nights. We know that we're not representing Jesus very well. Do I need to get into details? Okay, I think that y'all can put it together. And you know what is that I've seen is when I talk to them, they're like, well, Brent, I just, I have to do this and I have to act this way and I have to, it's just going to allow me to have so much more fun and so much, I got I to do this around my friends. Isn't it crazy how we try to justify our sin? You want to know what we, why we don't seek Christ in all of our sin and seek Christ in every facet of our life? Why don't we go looking for Him in every situation? Why don't we keep growing in Him? Why don't we see Him through our sexual sin or see Him because of our Friday night behavior? It's not because we don't think that we will find Him. It's because we know that we will find Him. And when we do find Him, we know that He's going to be a loving Father and He's going to reach out and He's going to say, you know what, I love you, kid. I love you, I care for you. I want the best for you, but you know what? Why don't you give daddy what's going on? Why don't you give me the toy that you're not supposed to be playing with, like what I tell my kids, right? Why don't you give me that sexual sin? Let me throw it away, and why don't we move on? Why don't you give me that Friday night attitude? Let me take it. Let me throw it away, and let's move on for it. Because any time that you come to Jesus with a problem, you know he's going to ask you to change. Students, a lot of us don't seek because we know that Jesus will demand change. My question to you is, why do we keep on doing the same stuff week after week, night after night, and we never feel good about it? Why do we keep on looking at things we shouldn't or doing things that we shouldn't or feeling things that we shouldn't because we know that we never feel good about it in the first place? I don't know about y'all, but I think it's time for a change. I want to be there with you through it. I want to be able to walk with you. We got a prayer team down here, prayer team up in the back. We got prayer cards underneath. We got a lot of things that we can want to help you through this. And let me tell you is that, the, that God will reward you if you seek him diligently. And the reward is this. You ready for this? The more that you seek him, the more diligent that you are seeking him, you're going to find him. And the reward is that you find more of Jesus. You, when you seek, you will find. When you knock, he will answer. And guess what happens when you find Jesus and you connect with Jesus and you talk with Jesus and you put your faith in Jesus and you trust Jesus? You will find love. You will find joy. You will find peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you let God be God in your life, when you renew your mind daily, when you take off your old self and you put on your new self with Christ, you will get the very things that you are trying to find everywhere else, but you never can be fully satisfied because it's a God-sized hole that only God can fulfill. 
He will give you peace from your past. He will give you freedom from your sin. Where you are stuck, He will give you love and joy like you have never imagined before. He will give you a purpose and a direction in this life. So side note here, students. Can I just give you a little help from somebody who has ran away and hid things from God before? Seeking Jesus for me now is way easier than it was for me trying to hide things from him. And let's just be honest, you can't really hide anything from Jesus because he's God, all right? The more I started giving to Jesus my failures and my sins and my past, I started feeling relief and release. And I started being able to focus more on Him. And the more I started focusing more on Him than I did about failing and everything else, the more that I pursued Him, the stronger my faith was because I started seeing Him more in my own daily life than I did my struggles or my pain. So students... Let's quit living, I want to urge you on this, let's quit living someone else's story about Jesus and let's start living our own story in Jesus. You want to have your story in Jesus? Let's start living every day for Jesus, putting these faith steps in our own life. We need to be pleasing steps. We need to trust God with our eternity and we need to trust God with our temporary. I just gave you all a couple temporary notes. I, I asked y'all to meet up later on this week and talk about what are some more ways that we can trust God in our temporary. But also pursuing. We gotta believe God exists. Our life is supposed to be reflective of that. Does our life show how much we believe in God? And listen, the more you seek Him, the more you will find Him, and the reward is that you will find more Jesus. I dare you to trust it. I dare you to give Him everything. I dare you to let Him be God in your life. And I'm telling you, you will never want to go back to who you were the more that you know who He is. And he will, he will grant you a life that you have never imagined before. Let's go ahead and stand up right quick and let's pray. Jesus, thank you for you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I beg tonight, someone in here has never started a relationship with you. And I beg that they have the strength to come and talk to me down front. Or just lift up their eyes to you and say, Jesus, you know what? I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you came and you died for me. And he rose on the third day to conquer death. Be my Savior. I know I'm not perfect. I know I got failures. But Lord, I know that you love me. And you want to save me from that. I beg that they do that. Lord, some of us in here, we know that we're not taking faithful steps and We know that our life is easier. This world has taught us to make life easier, not make life more uncomfortable. But I guarantee that the more that you live a life of faith, the more that you're pleasing God, the more that you're pleasing God, the more your life makes sense. Some of us, our life just doesn't even make sense because we have no purpose and no drive. But you start giving God drive and God purpose. I'm telling you, it's going to transform your life. Lord, give us strength to pursue you in everything that we do. Whether we are a new Christian or a Christian that's been around for a while, give us the exact steps that we need to take. Evaluate, resonate in our minds what we need to change and what we need to give to you. Let us not hide anything anymore. Let us not walk in secret sin. Let us not walk in sexual shame. Let us give it to you tonight. Let us 
maybe come down to the altar. Let's maybe take it to the prayer team. <clears throat> Let us wipe it away, Lord. Be with us tonight. Be with us for these next couple of songs. Give them to you, Lord. For it's your name.